listeners, just a couple of announcements before we get into today's show. Tonight, September 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time is my very first Ask a Dietitian Facebook Live event. This is only available to members of our VIP After Party Facebook group. You can get your After Party ticket by heading over to patreon.com slash nutritionnuptials to become a show supporter. This will be a monthly event, so if you're catching up on episodes and you missed this month's event, don't worry about it. Make sure you stay looped in as a patron and VIP of the show. So let's get into today's episode. Let's do it. It's the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello, lovers, and welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials podcast, where we help couples go from a me to a we when it comes to their healthy living, eating, and lifestyle. I'm your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian nutritionist who hates diets, and I am joined this week and every episode by my sports fanatic loving hubby, Taco. Let's do this. So, Taco, do you know what tomorrow night is? Uh, Yes, I do. What is it? It is the kickoff to the NFL football season. It is, and it is when I officially lose my husband for about five months. That's not true. You get me on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, I, I can't Fridays, keep up the, I can't keep Saturdays. up with the NFL because, the, no, that's not even true because there's Saturday night games. I think there's Wednesday night games. Like, no. I can't keep up with the NFL, and they're ever wanting to expand schedules and seasons. Don't don't over dramatize here. You you know, there's only one game on Monday nights. There's only one game on Thursday nights. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> nights. There's doubleheaders on some Monday nights. Uh, you're 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 focusing on the outliers instead of the norm. The norm is there's only one game. Um, Saturday games only come into play way late in the season, like like after college football is done. So uh, there's 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 a lot less football out there than you think there is. Well, all I can say is February is really far away. That's okay. You can use some time, some me time for yourself. So as you can see, some households revolve around certain external events when it comes to defining their culture at home. You have your traditional seasons, fall, winter, spring. I think I'm missing one summer. But... In other households, there are other events that might define their seasons. It could be the school year. It could be extracurricular activities when it becomes soccer and dance competition season. Some of us have jobs that may revolve around different seasons. And in our house, it has to do with sports. Not playing them, just watching them. Well, when you go from summer, we're both summer people, into fall, it can be it can be a little bit of a downer. It's a rough transition. Right. And so football helps uh, helps that. And then when it gets into winter, I mean, you got to that's when you really need something. For me, the most depressing time of the year comes in February. Like after the Super Bowl is played. You have nothing else to live for for like a couple uh, like months. a month, like a month at least until it becomes birthday season for me. <laughs> I like how it's birthday <laughs> season. Well, I mean, we tend to do things around that time of year, so it's well, something I, to look forward to. So I was going to say our three distinct seasons in our household is football season. I would say, well, okay, so I would say summer is probably our biggest season. Then it gets to football season, and then I would say probably like Philly's baseball is kind of that buffer like i I don't but no that doesn't really start until like the regular season doesn't start till april we sometimes go to spring training so you could make the argument that like for us that might start in march but then at february that off season month is is a tough month for me it's hard i know like you have your option of nascar and that's it well there's like okay so there's hockey there's basketball and those are those are fun and fine but and i've gotten more into hockey over the years but it There's a void. They're just filler sports for you. It's a filler. Tomorrow night marks the start of a new season in the Enright household, and that is football season. I'm ready. It's like Christmas. This is like Christmas Eve, right? Like the anticipation. Like every football fan is like optimistic about their team this time of year because they haven't lost a game yet. Right. We're all on the same playing field. Anybody can win. Basically, until until Monday or Tuesday, let's say, when like the teams, you know, half the half the league loses a game. And then like of that half, 
half of the fans are like, well, you know, we caught a bad break. Next week will be better. The other half are like, our season's over. <laughs> but tonight and going into tomorrow, everybody feels good. So it's safe to say you're ready for some football. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, if you maybe are not the same level of football fanaticism as your significant other, you can head on over to my blog and I'll, I'll post a link to it in my show notes as well. And I wrote a piece a couple of years ago. It's called a eulogy to the football widows. So if you're the person who maybe doesn't see your husband quite as often, there's other people out there who feel for you. And there's some other opportunities as well for, for you to take that time to spend a little bit of whether it's me time or time with, with other people. Um, so I didn't realize it at the time when I met Taco, how extensive his football fanaticism is. So Taco, how did you become so obsessed with football? <laughs> well, I... I it definitely goes back to childhood. I remember watching any game that I possibly could. I remember we had a little, this is dating myself, but we had a little 13 inch black and white television. And I don't know if somebody was watching something else in the, in the living room, I would go to the bedroom and pull like uh, with the antenna, like the signal and watch whatever football game was on. Because to me, that was way more interesting than whatever was on in like the main room um, back when like, you know, you only had two or three TVs in the house or something like that. And like four channels to work and with. four channels to work with. So if I was if it wasn't, you know, if there were cartoons on or my mom was watching something or my dad was watching something, then I was watching football in the other room. Um, one of the one of the first memories I have that get to my fanaticism um, was the Atlantic City Press would do this, um, the Sunday version, would do a football preview. So like you would, you know, go through, it would give a summary of the games, who's favored, like uh, all these things. And I would take a highlighter and I would circle the team that I thought would win. All of the games. All so, this, so this was a weekly thing. It wasn't just a preseason. Yeah, no, this was article. a weekly thing. The the sun, We had the Sunday press and I would go through the paper and circle the teams that I thought would win. And I would keep track of like how good I was at, at, at uh, guessing, we'll call it, the winner. Um, and when I knew I was really good at it was when like the O and 10 Cowboys um, were playing the Redskins and I picked the Cowboys to win that game. That was the year that was Jimmy Johnson's first year. Um, and I knew like my insight, I was 10. My insight at the time was any NFC East team against any other NFC East team. It doesn't matter what their records are. Uh, and an O and 10 team is pretty desperate for a win. And it seems like the Redskins, who were way better and had a much better record, were ripe for the picking for an upset. And the Cowboys went one in 15 that year. The only time they won was that game. How do you remember this stuff? Well, that's how like you it's fanaticism, right? Like it, that's the definition of it. Right. It's that's that to me was like, oh, wow, I I figured that out. I put together like different the to me, too. It's like that the part. As much as of a data nerd at that as I am, there is a big emotional part to that game that you can't account for unless you have, I don't know, unless you can't account for it, but like you might have some insight into intuition, I would say, into like that emotional. What what does an 0-10 team going up against another team that they face twice a year, what are like what are they going through? And how would they how would they show up in a game um, against a division rival? Right. And how would the other team who's like crushing the season, how could they be, you know, uh, in a position where they might be vulnerable? So you really, really bring the humanity into football and your and your analysis. Yeah, you have to. And for our listeners out there, if you are looking for help with <laughs> fancy football, weekly pickums, or you need a sports nerd for your trivia team, email us at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. I like to. I'll put Taco up for, for rent. We'll become a Patreon and then we can talk. There you go. Uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a subscriber package for fantasy football tips, uh, weekly picks, like you said. There's, we'll have to come up with a certain package for that. The fantasy football after party. Yeah, that's option. right. Yeah, we'll have a spinoff. If you, if you need to use and abuse Taco's football knowledge, do so. Uh, so one of the downfalls, I mean, it wasn't a downfall. It was cool meeting you in the summertime and summer love and summer romance and all these things. Uh, but one of the shocking revelations I had was the very first 
season opener many, many years ago, the summer I met you and you invited me over. And um, I learned something shocking and tragic that day. You learned that I'm an Eagles fan. You're an Eagles fan. Well, imagine my dismay when I found out that you were a Giants fan. But at that point, I think we were both too deep into it. It was a little late to turn back at that point. Can't let my sports, like, loves determine our relationship. <laughs> well, I think we, I think we ha- gave ourselves enough time to figure out that we could probably work through it. Yeah. So for, for me, it was more about because when I went to school at Penn State, I was I was in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania, which yep. means you were in the crossfire of Steelers Nation and, and Eagles country. And I like the Steelers fans. They were very nice. They were personal, very spirited. The Eagles fans were just mean and nasty folk. Well, there's certainly, you know, I think in any group of people, in any walk of life, you're going to have your good eggs and your bad ones. And maybe you just had a few more bad ones on the Eagles side or the ones like 40,000 of them. Well, hey, I mean, you didn't know all 40,000 Eagles fans at Penn State, I'm sure. Uh, You just happen to know a few of the bad ones. And you know what? There are like there are just as many bad fans of the Giants, the Patriots, the Cowboys and name insert team here that are just as many for any other team. There just happens to be a little bit more publicity uh, on um, nationally, I think, on on Eagles fans. The other thing I'll say is, you know, when I was an Eagles fan in Giants country, when I lived and I was in like hardcore Giants country, no Eagles fans around me when I was in Stanford, Connecticut. Now you hear Connecticut and you're like, oh, that's New England. I Everybody's, think Patriots. No, it's not. Fairfield County was hardcore Giants territory. Nobody rooted for the Jets. There was no such thing as an Eagles fan. Um, and so like the, your experience at Penn State where like uh, familiarity breeds contempt when you're talking about opposing, you were also, you liked Steelers fans because there was no rivalry between the, the Giants and Steelers. There was a rivalry between Giants and Eagles. So you met an Eagles fan and you were like, that guy's a jerk, right? Because he likes the Eagles. So when I was and in, they were mean. when I was in Connecticut and I was surrounded by Giants fans, the guys who I worked with were jerks when it came to football. They were nice guys otherwise. But when it came to talking about football, they were jerks because they liked the Giants. The Giants? And they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. That you know of. It would have been national news like when the Eagles fans threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Not even snowballs. It was like ice balls. They were snowballs. And um, I think one of the best renditions of that story was told by uh, former mayor and uh, governor uh, Ed Rendell, um, who was at that game and can tell you all there's you can YouTube it. But uh, Ed Rendell has a great rendition of that game, which will bring that you never really hear about in the national media. Because people like to crap on the Eagles fans. Right. But, well, maybe, you know we'll find, maybe we'll find a, okay, I'll find su- a link to it. I'll put it in the show notes. And you guys notes. can tell us what you think about Ed Rendell's rebuttal to the Eagles fans throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Fine. Do it. We're champions. Go Eagles. And we have, I have that to contend with this year as well. So as you can tell, we are a house divided, and that makes for its own interesting football season as well. For me personally, I will root for the Giants. I watch the games if it's convenient for me and if I'm interested, but I don't go out of my way for it. For you, it's like Eagles are on and life stops for four to six hours, however long games can last. Why would I miss a game? There's only 16 of them in a regular season. That's 16 hours total or 16 times four, whatever. So 64 hours. But that's if the Eagles Eagles are playing. Then it comes to, you know, well, this team can impact your fantasy team and this can impact rankings. And it's like it's like you're playing or you have kids playing on the field. (laughs) <laughs> you have no actual real stakes in these games. Yeah. Uh, well, it goes back to when I was a kid. I would watch the I, it, when it came to would you rather like especially in the wintertime, right? In December, January in New Jersey, you're not going to go play outside a whole lot. I mean, maybe if there's snow, you're going to throw a few snowballs and stuff, but it's cold. You don't want to be outside. So as a kid, again, it was watching it was watching the football games on TV. Like I've been playing fantasy football since 2000. Um, and so then like, then you get incented to like, oh, well, every game is important to me in every some way. Every game counts. Right. And so like you then it, but it was the, it's the chicken or the egg, right? Did I watch every game because 
uh, I had some sort of like incentive or did like my fantasy football football playing manifest itself because I was pretty much watching every game anyway. And I had a tendency to be good at finding, figuring out what players are, were going to be good and, and putting together my own fantasy teams or whatever. And here you are. And here I am talking about it on a, on a nutrition couple's podcast instead this, of my own fantasy football podcast coming soon. Maybe this maybe this will inspire you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we will we will actually talk about some nutrition today. It's not just an uh, opportunity for taco to spew football knowledge and nerdisms. Um, so as a couple, football season can mean a couple of things as far as your relationship goes. Number one, it could mean it's something that you have in common. Or maybe in our case, it's something that you kind of have in common, but you kind of make a fun rivalry about it. And we'll talk about how we've turned our rivalry into a little bit of a tradition. Um, it actually can be time that you do spend apart and you have your own hobbies that you enjoy or spend time with friends or time with yourself. And that's OK, too. Build that time into your, your relationship. And um, maybe there's some of you out there of which neither one of you could care less about football. And life does not change for you between September and February. And that's okay, too. We still like you. That's your culture. That's right. So it's totally cool if, if you are not the uh, football fanatic or half of you are, are football fanatics. That that's just means that you guys have other things that you are more passionate about, and we love to hear all about that. Um, one of the cool things that we've done in our relationship is we've actually turned our rivalry into a little bit of a tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, first is, if we are local... You know, yeah, sure, we could sit at home and watch the Giants and Eagles play twice a season and, you know, sit that, on the yeah. couch and do that. I don't know how that would work. I think that just sounds lame. <laughs> or we can go to one of our local spots here at the shore where multiple teams are encouraged to come and and be together. And it, I will call it like the melting pot of football at the Jersey Shore because it's kind of fun where we live. It's, you know, right in the center of New Jersey. So you have your North Jersey Giants, Jets fans. But then you also do have your your Eagles country mm -hmm. starting to mesh a little bit. And then... People move from all over there's, the place. There's Raiders fans. There's oh Steelers fans. There's Bengals fans. They're like teams oh like you would be like, why are there even yeah. fans of this team in general? And what are they doing here? And they have like huge sections. Like the Raiders section is massive. Yeah. And they come in cot like the, it is like the being costume, in Oakland, yeah. like come in costumes and you yeah. know, battle gear and all that. <laughs> you have the Steelers have their whole like nest up top. I yep. think the Dolphins have their Dolphins own have contingent area. Sure. Um, you know, you have your own special Eagles bar section and then the rest is just like giants and and jets and chats yeah. and we you know play nicely and split our time appropriately. So ironically that is the bar we met at. Yeah, too. we did meet there, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty. Yeah. So we call it uh, the unofficial name of that bar is Neutral Territory. Neutral Territory. Neutral Territory. That, that sounds like some taco terminology to me. I think it might be some taco terminology. Play the music. Just to be clear, the bar's name is not Neutral Territory. Don't Google that. Don't Google Neutral Territory Neutral Territory in Jersey Shore because that doesn't exist. Um, but that is our spot because it's really the only... I'm not going to say it's the safe place to go, but, you know, you have equal... Okay, you're kind of There's outnumbered. still more Giants There's more fans Giants fans than Eagles fans, but it's a little bit more in my favor than... than other places would be and it's also it's just fun being there because everyone's like how did this happen because i'm wearing the giants jersey and taco has his eagles jersey on yep. and then so how did this happen and then like the giants fans are kind of like all dissing on taco <laughs> i got you know your eagles fans that sat, have actually become very good friends over the years can i ask you a question yes how many times have any of the eagles fans started a fight with any of the giants fans 
in not that, that I have seen. Right. Okay. So I just wanted to ask that question because uh, of the bad reputation that the Eagles fans have in general, and what you've been spewing about how they're the, in the middle of Pennsylvania they were a holes and all that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, if I was in like Patty's Pub down in uh, Philly. Oh, first of all, the Giants fans would not get let into that. It would be for their own safety. Like, don't you are not allowed in. Sorry, you're wearing the wrong colors. This is for your own good. Patty's Pub. Good, good reference. Hey, Sonny has not helped the Eagles (laughs) fandom perception. Well, you know what? If there was the New York City equivalent I'm sure it wouldn't do any favors for Giants fans either. So neutral territory, that is the first way that we have turned our rivalry into a tradition. The second way is actually we have uh, the Taco and Mandy Stadium Tour Mm -hmm. that we started, I think, probably within the first year that we were dating. 2006 was the first time. 2006 was the first one we went to. And that was really just something funny because we were we happened to be in Phoenix visiting my brother at the time. And. That was the year that Larry Johnson was playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, he was playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, he was playing for the Chiefs. It was his, I think it was even his rookie year, and you know, Penn State are and super excited to see Penn State alumni. And it just happened to work out that they were playing the Cardinals that week. We were going to be there, and the Cardinals also had built this brand new stadium out in Glendale, Arizona, and it looked like a spaceship. And I was like, we should go there. Yeah, I didn't even know the new stadium existed. I was just like. I was like, let's go to the game. Mm-hmm. So I went to the game, and of course, what do we go to the game in? But Taco's wearing a Eagles jersey, and I'm wearing a Giants jersey. And I, from that moment forward, it was like, hey. This is a thing. Let's make this a thing. So we started doing a, a tour of every year going to different stadiums. And part of the rule is, number one, it cannot be either a Giants or an Eagles game. They can't be playing. And you have to wear your jersey. Yeah. Why not? Any other rules? I'm no, I, mean, I think the big one was that it wouldn't be a Giants or an Eagles game. And, you know, we wouldn't go through like a string of years. And like we started the tour and then we like I think when you went back to school, we kind of ran, ran into like, OK, we're not going anywhere because you have to study. And you were basically that's your school year is uh, yeah. September through December, or at least a semester. Yeah. So it wasn't a good time for you to be traveling. And then we kind of got out of that rhythm. So we have to we have to get back to it. Places that we have been so far. So Phoenix was the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I can't, to be honest, remember order of things. But um, we went to Phoenix. We did Jacksonville. We went to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, which I think was probably. That was the, the best. One of the best stadiums we went to. That yeah. was the year they were undefeated. Yeah. And they were 13-0 and 0, uh, going into that game and lost to the Cowboys. <laughs> the whole environment was just fun to be around. And then in the game, the reason why I think this was the best game is because the, the Saints were coming back late in the fourth quarter and they scored a touchdown to pull within like within three, six, seven, something like that. And the noise level in that stadium was like it was hands down the loudest. There's only one other game and it was the Penn State game Penn State. Um, where that, that even comes close. But it was like just pandemonium in that stadium when they scored that touchdown. It was yes. fantastic. And that is the only stadium. So as I said, mm. one of the rules is we have to wear individual jerseys. That is the only stadium. We actually had gone out before the game and we bought Saints t-shirts and we yeah. wore them under our jerseys. That yeah. is the only game we actually took our jerseys off. Yep. So you could see our Saints gear yeah. on yeah. underneath. Our and like flare. the fans around us, the second they saw us do that, like they lost it. They were just like, <laughs> yay! And they're all they're all cheering up a storm. So yeah. that's um that was that was a great game. Um, San Diego. The only thing that was interesting about that was we got engaged that the next that day. weekend. Yeah. So that was cool. And then um, Pittsburgh actually is our last stadium that we have been out to visit. So yeah. we um, I mean, and we're then, overdue. And then, you know, we, we have been to Lincoln Financial and Met Old Life. Giant Stadium and MetLife. Yeah. So I, I don't count like they those. count, but they kind of don't. Yeah. Because they're our, they're our home team. So we are definitely overdue for a stadium visit this mm-hmm. year. And if you guys have any suggestions or want Taco and Mandy to come out to your stadium and check it out, check out the scene, why don't you shoot us an email at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com and let us know where we should, where should be going. And if you see a couple with uh, a blonde haired Giants jersey on and a guy with a jersey that says Taco on it. <laughs> An Eagles jersey that says taco. Yes. An Eagles jersey that says taco on it. It's probably us. Come say hello. 
and uh, invite us invite us on over to bring your us to your tailgate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's the other really cool thing about getting to travel to all these different stadiums is, is seeing the culture because again, like we can be in a little bit in our bubble of our New York Philadelphia yeah. area, so like we know you know okay tailgating and all that. Um, I, I think what's kind of cool to see is how other stadiums, whether it's a big thing or not, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely interesting to see that there were some stadiums we went to that really weren't super big into tailgating and going to bars beforehand was yeah. a bigger a bigger factor versus hanging out in the parking lot. And there's some stadiums that don't really have parking lot. Well, yeah, the ones that are located in more of like the downtown areas or in the urban areas, they are the ones who have a harder time with the tailgates, right? So Baltimore is right in like the downtown area. So what's interesting, I'm going to I have a couple lists I pulled up cuz I was looking at to see like you know, what are some of the best tailgating stadiums to go to? And there was a lot that ranked Baltimore very highly. So unless things have changed in the last 10 or so years since we went to go visit. Well, you know what it is? Like, okay, when you go to Philadelphia, like there's this whole complex. Well, you You guys have a complex. You don't have to have tickets to the game. You don't have to even park your car in the parking lot. So you can can just show up and tailgate, Right. right? I think with a lot of these places, like Baltimore being one of them, why we couldn't get to a tailgate was like we had to have a parking pass to get in right. and like or something like that. And frankly, it was just easier like because there were so many bars close by and some that were like renowned that it was just easier for us to do that. But tell, tell me more about the, uh, the the top tailgating spots. You know, this is all subjective to some opinion as well. And there are some that are have some consistency to them and others Maybe not so much. And, okay. you know, I, I don't necessarily know how many of these actually I would say are like, rec- not I'm going to say they're not reputable sources, but like, you know, here's Travel Channel gave their rankings. Okay. So um, I'll give you the top the top five that Travel Channel says okay. is, is the best for tailgating. So at number five, they said the Dal- Dallas Cowboys. So AT&T Stadium for tailgating. Okay. Um, and also keeping in mind, too, I mean, some of these did take into account like food and some of the, the overall, local food, what people local are making food. at the tailgates, so like barbecues. Cow- and, Cowboys yep. is all going to be about the barbecue. Yep. Um, so number four, and I don't know what year this list came out. I was trying to get a date on it. So they did say San Diego Chargers. Interesting. Which is interesting because they're Qualcomm not in San Diego anymore. Defunct. <laughs> um, Broncos. Okay. So Mile High Stadium. Okay. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that. Two. I believe that. They have one of the loudest stadiums. Those fans are pretty mm-hmm. into their Kansas City Chiefs football. And you get and barbecue. barbecue. You get the barbecue. All about so. the barbecue. Yeah. Um, and then do you want to take a guess on number one? <laughs> I hope it's Oakland. It is. <laughs> it is. Now, this is from Travel Channel. They gave... That was their ranking for it. Um, now... You know, other stadiums had had ranked things like Baltimore in the top five. Okay, um, Lincoln. So it was funny. Was like the Link and Giants Stadium, Stadium. or MetLife? Yeah, I will continue to call it Jet Giants Life Stadium, Stadium forever. MetLife Stadium and the Link. They always seem to be like back to back as far as where they were ranked, and they were always ranked very highly as well. And I think part of it too is. Because, like you mentioned, like at the link where it is, it's a sports complex. Yeah. So there's people all over the place. Um, Pittsburgh, yeah, ranked they're, very they're, highly as well. Mm-hmm. Cleveland okay. also had had some high ranking. So there's some different lists. I'm going to give you guys the links to these different lists, and you can share your opinion of whether or not you agree, disagree, or if you feel that your stadium is like right on par. Like number 32 ranked on most of them was would be where would you think? Uh, number 32, uh, the worst place to tailgate. Uh, man, it's probably something really obvious. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay. That was like, that actually was ranked pretty highly as well. Um, LA. Ah, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. There's no LA fans. Yeah. <laughs> so tailgating, tailgating in LA, not a big thing as of yet. Um, but the cool thing is because you happen to marry a girl who went to Penn State mm-hmm. and our saying is we tailgate like you party. Mm-hmm. You have we've definitely developed our own tailgating skills over the years. Absolutely. And uh, definitely have 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 a whole setup now and actually it will include a link to uh, my Amazon store on the show notes where you guys can check out some of our top tailgating picks for things you want to have if you want to be like a true rock star tailgate you gotta get you gotta get the mobile grill uh, you gotta have the good grill and you gotta get like a canopy because whether it's raining or it's sunny and it's really hot either way you gotta get you gotta get some coverage one of the best investments yeah that I would say like the grill 
the canopy and chairs. Chairs. Oh, the chairs. Yeah, our chairs are pretty bomb. Yeah. And a good cooler that, to, well, to transport that's things. Like, those are like Obvious. those are like the big things, and I'll put some other little things that are some nice to haves too. Right. Um, and I'll give you know a couple of quick tailgating tips if you want to uh, have a have a killer tailgate for when you go to the stadium. I'd say number one is get a group together. We have done solo Taco and Mandy tailgates. It's just not as fun. It's not fun. So get a group together. I mean, it's even fun. If, it's even just if, not as fun. Yeah. I mean, even if the people don't want to go to the game <laughs> and you just get a bunch of friends together and you hang out in the parking lot right. and some of you go to the game and some go home or go to a bar or whatever afterwards, like get the group together. That that just makes it more fun. Uh, number two, I would say is pick a theme. Themes are uh, fun. They're just fun. They're just they're fun. And it gives variety. Like we always get made fun of at our tailgates because we never, ever do hot, hot dogs, dogs and hamburgers. And hamburgers. <laughs> you will never find a hot dog and hamburger unless it's like. A fancy <laughs> gourmet stuff, gourmet burger, dog sausage, whatever, and it's usually something fancy inside the burger or On toppings. Top. Yep. Um, so picking a theme definitely helps. So, for example, we, as we go to a uh, next baseball game, so it's New Orleans Cajun theme. theme, Cajun theme. Yeah. So you can definitely have a lot of fun with that. Um, and then you want to coordinate who's bringing what because oftentimes you can have people bringing. Too many main dishes, not enough side dishes. <laughs> there's would. no grill. Yeah. No one has a flipper. Like there's a lot of a lot of coordination that that can help just enhance your overall tailgate experience. Uh, in some of the tailgates where um, we've, uh, I guess it's been all that just the guys, and we haven't had quite as much coordination. We've ended up with like we basically have a bunch of proteins and no carbs or it's like no everyone shows up with buns. <laughs> no, everybody shows up with uh, burgers or like not burgers, but like, you know, like uh, we have chicken wings and ribs and, and like all these meats and there's nothing to go with it. No side dishes, meats and beers. That's and yeah, we have beer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tailgating at the game definitely has its, its pros and its cons. So a couple of the, uh, the upsides and pros of tailgating is number one, you will most likely save some money on food and beers versus buying it in the stadium. You have control over what it is that you're eating because you know how it's prepared, you know what's going in it. Uh, you can also do things like bring vegetables and side dishes that you can incorporate in as well. And then overall, there's just some good variety that you have options of. Um, some of the downsides though of, of tailgating cons is that it can definitely be a little easy to overdo things when it comes to eating and drinking at the tailgate, especially if you're taking, um, I like to call it like the chipmunk method, where it's <laughs> like you just wanna eat as much as possible so you don't wind up spending money at the game or you wanna drink as many beers as possible so you're not spending money on beers at the game. So you're like using that tailgate time to, to stock up so that way you're not buying more. Um, everyone may or maybe not everyone at your tailgate might be like particularly health conscious. So sometimes you may not know what's going to show up or some higher calorie foods or, you know, a lot of times like some store bought sweets and treats can show up at the tailgate as well. And, you know, what we don't want to also have is in addition to not having like the all meat tailgate, you don't want the tailgate that's just full of like donuts and Mm -hmm. donuts and beer as tasty as that can be sometimes do need a little bit of variety and then the uh, dietitian in me also does bring up the uh, the food safety issue sometimes can happen as well sometimes you leave food sitting out for a little bit too long and it uh, may not be particularly safe for consumption so you just want to keep an eye on that um, now if you are going to the game and you are choosing to eat inside of the stadium uh, we'll say that a lot of the stadiums because i would say within the last what 20 or so years there's been all these new stadiums mm -hmm. getting you know rebuilt and revitalized there is definitely a little bit more emphasis on the food that is going into the stadium it's not just burgers and dogs in the stadium anymore either no um, but what was interesting is i was uh i was reading a, a new york times article that I'll, I'll include a link to in the show notes and it was talking about how the nfl is one of the last major sports organizations that is just now catching up to having more higher quality food in the stadiums versus some of the others. Like, for example, like when Yankee Stadium and um, the other one, City Field, mm -hmm. like that was like that. Uh, the food going into those stadiums almost got more attention than the, the teams playing in them and the, the, yeah. the stadiums like that was like big deals. And mm -hmm. just recently over the last few years where 
local restaurants are starting to have um, spaces in the in the stadiums and and, and uh, big name chefs coming in as well. Like that's something that is just a little bit newer within the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it really is because they are saying that food in the stadiums is not a big money maker. Right. Number yeah. one is because people are tailgating. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, well, do people tailgate because they don't want to spend money and poor quality of choices in the stadium? Or is it, you know, because they yeah, there aren't the good choices. So. Listen, you could have all the f- fantastic food in the stadium and charge $20 for a burger and a milkshake or whatever right. it is. Uh, people are still going to tailgate. Um, yeah. and, and again, like, you know, I talked about Eagles Brotherhood, but there's just the brotherhood of being with other fans, no matter what team it is. Yeah. Um, and tailgating, I think, is definitely more associated with football than it is like NBA and NHL. No, no. there's no tailgating. No. Baseball, I think in the Northeast, it's bigger. Like, but you go to a baseball game. Well, I mean, and the other thing, I mean, we talked about this as well, was that a lot of stadiums can be in the middle of like, Big cities yeah. where there is no spot. There's no to, space to tailgate. You're not going to be driving up your, your a car. A lot of people are taking mass transportation right. in and things like that. So, like, I think tailgating is definitely a bigger thing with football than it is with any of those other sports. So yeah, like, absolutely. The other thing that they brought up was that there are less games. So, you know, a baseball stadium has 81 home you know, games a year. Number, yeah. So, you know, you could have anywhere up to four games a week in the mm-hmm. stadium yep. uh, versus a football stadium, which Hosts eight games unless maybe you're hosting a playoff playoffs. Game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and football is a little bit more fast paced than a baseball game. So like people don't want to leave their seats during a football game to go and until get time. food. Yeah. Right. Until halftime. Whereas at the baseball game, you're like, OK, it's been it's the third inning. <laughs> I've, I've been here three hours and it's the third inning. So things, you know, that moves a little bit more, more slower paced for it. Um, now, I did also do some research as far as what are considered some of the um, top foods at some of the stadiums. So there's lists that I'll post to some are just the overall top foods to have in the country. And then uh, I did come across a couple of lists that did pull up the top item at each stadium. OK, so quiz me now. I'm like, <laughs> um, I, I will quiz you about what was considered at um our individual stadiums okay. what were considered the best. Okay, so this is um, from USA Today. So they did the best stadium food around the NFL, and this was in mm. 2017. So this is from last season. Okay. And I'll give you the top five rundown. All right. And I'll post the, the link to the rest of this in the show notes, and you guys can take a look at it. Um, so number five is the chicken biscuit at Energy Stadium for the Houston Texans, which looks pretty pretty legit. All right. We got some gravy on that chicken biscuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five. Four is the Burger Benedict at M&T Bank Stadium at Baltimore. Okay. I, we didn't have that. Not, no. <laughs> okay. So this showed up on a ton of lists, not just best stadium food, but, you know, everywhere. I, I'm sorry I missed this when we were in Pittsburgh, but it's the Bloomfield Pierogies at mm, Pittsburgh Steelers. Not uh, not Permanti Brothers. Not Permanti Brothers. Okay. No, these pierogies showed up on like every single list I looked at. So now I'm kind of jealous and I want to go back. Let's go. Eat pierogies at Heinz Field. Number two, the Arrowhead Biscuit at Arrowhead mm. Stadium. So this is like a biscuit. It's a biscuit and tower. Meat and egg and cheese and like layers of bacon. And I think there's a pancake on top there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's like it looks pretty intense. That's epic. That's epic. And then number one is the breakfast brat at First Energy Stadium for the Cleveland Browns, which is basically a bratwurst that has a waffle as it's bun. <laughs> and I think there's just a lot of like bacon. Well, when your team goes sausage gravy, when your team goes 0 and 16, you got to have some good food. Got to have some good food. So those are the top five uh, best stadium food. And I think there's like 16 total on the list that you guys can check out. And then People Magazine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, how would, I would put them as a reputable food yeah. source. Well, the problem was like I went on, um, I think it was like travel and leisure. One of them did like one, but it was like picking out all like, they did a list based on every stadium, but it was like they basically picked out like the fanciest thing that you can get at like the club seats oh, that like that nobody the else can get to, will yeah. never, ever have an opportunity to have. So People Magazine went through and this is as of last year, 2017 season as well. And they picked out the best foods at every stadium okay. in the NFL. So this is actually done in alphabetical order. It's not necessarily based on um, preference. So because 
neither of us really tend to eat very much in our respective home stadiums. Yeah, I don't, I don't even you, know what they offer. Would you have an opportunity? Yeah, you probably have no idea what like the top thing is at Philly. I'm going to guarantee you it's not a cheesesteak. It is not a cheesesteak. I knew that. I knew that was that was a trap for sure. It is not. Uh, but I couldn't tell you what it actually is. So I'm going to tell you as soon as my iPad behaves itself. Um, and a lot of these are similar to some of what the other things are that we talked about. Um, okay. So at MetLife Stadium, we have something called the P3 pulled pork platter. So um, this is like a barbecue open face sandwich looking thing that is uh, basically slaw. Okay. So it looks like three pork, different kinds okay. of pork. Pork butt that's been dry rubbed, smoked for hours, Carolina barbecue sauce, and then topped with slaw, a smoked sausage hot link, a smoked slab of bacon, house mm-hmm. brined, smoked slab bacon, house brined pickles served on a bre- a bed of white bread with a corn muffin. There you go. Three different kinds of pork. So protein and carb. There you go. There you go at Jet Life Stadium. Jet Life Stadium? That's what I call it. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like we need a second taco terminology jingle to there we come go. On in there. Well, that one's pretty self explanatory. Okay. So th- you will never guess this as far as what is the top food choice. No, I mean, I can't. I, I just know it's not a cheesesteak. Okay. So it is an item called Slim Chicken. Okay. What's on this Slim Chicken? So it is a hot new item falls into breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert categories. Wow. All right. So um, you can find a sandwich that has a frosted flakes crusted chicken breast topped with sharp cheddar cheese and ghost honey chili glazed bacon all on a sliced apple fritter. Wow. There's nothing slim. There's nothing slim about that. About that chicken. No. No. Here's what it looks like. That's, uh, I'd, I'd have that. I'd try it. So you have to go outside of section 109 at the link to find it. All right. Next game. So it's 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 there, right there waiting for you. Okay. All right. So what's interesting, too, I saw another article that mentioned, uh, I think this was in the Washington Post, they mentioned that, believe it or not, there is a study that was done, and they said that when your team is winning, fans eat healthier. Don't buy it. I will post a link to the article. You guys read it. You give me your opinion on it, because the, the thought process is that when your team is losing especially like if you have a team that's like an 0 and 16 team Mm -hmm. and you're really sad and depressed that like you go and drown your sorrows in a lot of extra like fried food and stuff versus if you're happy and winning like you're too busy like excited and cheering and not like quite as worried about like food so is this study exclusive to people who are in the stadium itself or does it extend beyond and does it cover like when you're watching at the bar or you're sitting at home? So here, the dietitian and nerd in me, I do have to go back and pull the original article because I just kind of skimmed through the Washington Post one really quickly. And I, I want to go back and, and read through this a little bit more extensively to see, again, like what's the sample size and if it is specifically those who are in the stadium Okay. Versus not. TBD. So we'll, we'll come back around to, to that one. But I'll give you a couple of tips. If you are in the stadium enjoying a game and maybe you do want to eat a little bit healthier and maybe you didn't tailgate prior to going to the game and filling up or, you know, eating healthy healthier at the tailgate. Um, number one, I would just say is follow the typical guidelines that you would follow if you were going out to eat at a restaurant. So we want to watch out for the fried options and looking for items instead that might be grilled, fresh options. Um, there's even, you know, some stadiums have like fresh sushi being made by chefs right in front of you. So you have you have those options. Um, definitely looking for lean protein sources that you can have. Just want to watch out for how some of them are prepped or, you know, if there's really heavy sauces being added onto them. The slim chicken does not fall into slim, this. Do not fall prey to the fact that it has the word slim in it. Right. You or want, that it's chicken. You Yeah, you definitely, you know, you need to read your menus a little bit and just see how things are prepared. So I would say covered in frosted flake crusted chicken. Yeah. Um, definitely is, is going to be a sometimes food. Not a, not a never, just a, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you'll laugh at me when I say this, but try to add the vegetables in wherever possible, even if it's a topping on your sandwich that you're getting, or maybe you can get like a small side salad and you're like, these don't exist at football stadiums or they're fried. 
Fried salad. <laughs> Fried salad. Um, but, you know, if if they if it's an option, if this unicorn exists at your football stadium and you can find some, some fresh vegetables, throw them on in. Um, share. Sharing is caring. So, you know, be mindful of the portion sizes. So if we were to get a slim chicken at the we split link, it. I would definitely split that. Like, that, there's nothing about that. And it has nothing to do with calories. I just know that I would never be able to, like, eat all that and feel good afterwards. Snacks. Snacks are also great things to have handy. Um, really good things that you can have that are actually kind of like time consuming as well are things like the peanuts or pistachios, where you got to take a little bit of time to crack them open to eat them. So they actually do promote a little bit more mindful eating versus mindless eating. Um, and you where do, do crack pretzels fall on your snack list? I have to look and see. I actually have never read the nutrition information on, <laughs> on the pre- crack pretzels. So I think... Is it Uts that makes them? One of the... They're yeah. like these like pretzel nub the pretzel things, shells. but they're air. Yes, they're the pretzel, pretzel shells. shells. There's no inside. They're amazing. And they taste amazing. Oh, but they're like, so good. But I don't think they fall under mindful because you don't have to like crack them open. And, like, no, those, those do fall in the, the mindless eating. Mm-hmm. And you definitely want to check your stadium guidelines to see if you are allowed to bring any outside food or beverages in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually very surprised to learn at like where the Phillies play, Citizens Bank, that you can actually bring in outside water as long as it's sealed yeah. and hasn't been opened. So you you definitely want to check the guidelines because you might have an opportunity to bring your own snacks in or maybe you can even bring in a bottle of water if it hasn't been opened. Um, speaking of water, definitely make sure that you do stay hydrated at the games. If it's a hot day, definitely want to be hydrated. Also, if you are kicking back a few beers at the game, definitely want to alternate a water with a beer. You don't want to be a hot mess on a hot day. Do not be a hot mess on the hot day. Don't be that friend that gets everyone else kicked out of the game because you are a sloppy, sloppy drunk. So we want to make sure that we stay hydrated in between our beverages. All right. Now, if you, let's say, are not able to get to a game, because let's be honest, going to a game is expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Well, OK, it's particularly for the NFL because not just the ticket prices, but if you actually have to pay a personal seat license, you may have floated the the team a multi thousand dollar uh, loan essentially for the right to buy the tickets. So right. like that, you just add that into the costs. Right, and that's if you choose to be a season ticket holder. Even if you just want to go for a one off game, it's the cost of the tickets, the cost of the parking. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, you know, if you're not traveling, then you know, if you or if you are traveling, then you have hotel and yeah other added expenses to go along with it. So it, it can be a very expensive hobby if you do choose to be like the super uber dedicated fan and you're going to every eight home game. Mm-hmm. That's that's an option to you. Um, now, there are some folks. In the, have you ever heard of the term home gating? Home gating. No, that's a new one to me. OK, so home gating basically means it's like tailgating, except you're at your home and you're hosting a big party. So okay. it's basically like having a Super Bowl party every weekend right. or every every week. Got it. For your team. Okay. So you're putting out, you know, big, big, fancy spreads and you know, nice TV and stereo mm-hmm. and sound system and okay. really, really hook it up. Got so it. That becomes a little bit more cost efficient than going to a game every yeah every, throwing, basically every throwing week. a super bowl party every week is still cheaper than actually going to the games <laughs> exactly so if you are watching games or eating you know watching the games at home eating meals at home um you know you definitely have the opportunity to have again a lot more control over what you're eating because you're making your own food. you can get those veggies in make your own snacks depth. you can get yeah. the veggie platter get the veggie platter and have it have it ready to go um the other thing i would suggest is don't keep beers close by to you so if you keep like a cooler or something nearby i would instead suggest keep things in the fridge that way you're kind of forced to have to get up and get a beer and get a little bit of movement in versus just sitting at the couch for four hours or just send the youngest child hey kid go get me a beer get some forced movement in and there are definitely ways to make some of your more classic football foods a little bit more on the healthier side. And I actually have a, a link to a blog post I did a couple of years ago around Super Bowl. That's all about super swaps for Super Bowl. And it gives some ideas for how you can improve the health quality of dips using Greek yogurt, um, changing up your wings, maybe instead of frying them, baking them, adding more vegetables into your dip. So there's a lot of fun ways that we can we can change those up. And there was another article I came across. It looked at um, favorite game day appetizers by state. Okay, and I guess they looked at like I, I guess it was like they went in and looked on based on your state and IP address what people were googling <laughs> to make 
for Got it. football. And maybe, I don't know if this is necessarily specifically just for Super Bowl or this was like throughout the season. All right. Um, but they basically like went in, pulled up, you know, based on region and state, what the like most popular appetizers were that people were making. It was kind of weird, some of the options. So in New Jersey, it was um, chili. I was going to guess wings, but I can see chili. And okay. um, Pennsylvania, again, remember Pennsylvania, this is just Pennsylvania lumped in as one. So mm-hmm. I, I, again, have to take this with a little bit of grain of salt, but they said uh, potato soup. Potato soup in PA. Was was the top one for Pennsylvania. Huh. All those folks in Erie. It gets cold. <laughs> it gets cold. All right. And the final place that you might be going to enjoy a game might be your local bar. Whether or not it's mm. your neutral territory, you might be heading over to a game or maybe one half of your pairing might be heading on over to the bar. And in some cases, it's it's more about the social setting as opposed to like, I have to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a lot of people, it is. Right. For you, I know, as an Eagles fan, my, my husband does get a little bit of um, shafted at times if it's a situation where Giants and Jets are playing and they get top priority for the networks here. So then you have to go to a local bar to watch your game. Yeah, because I haven't uh, ponied up for somebody to get on the um, roof and uh, put a satellite dish yet. But that day is coming, I think. So, <laughs> so I like I like that you are actually forced to get up and, and leave and, and move the house to have to go watch watch the game sometimes. Um, you get the chance to go cheer with other fans. That's so right. then it feels like you, you're kind of brotherhood. The game. You got your Eagles brotherhood there. Um, and then it's easier to keep up with the other games when you're at a sports bar that is showing other games and you're not necessarily relying on like a uh, red zone, which is just ADD football. Yeah, I can reasonably watch six games at the same time. In a bar. Like, I mean, they might show eight, but I can actually tell you what's going on in six of them. I, something, something happens after six and beer that, like, I can't ever get to game seven and eight. And, like, I know what the scores are, but I can't tell you what's actually happening in the game. Okay, so your, your set point of football concentration is X number of beers and six games. Oh, yeah, probably. The, more, the good news is, in the, um, you know, as the games are played, there's usually more played early. And then the, the second wave that come at like four, four thirty, there's yeah, only like three couple. or four. And then there's one that later that night. So uh, it happens to work out in my favor that if I happen to be drinking that entire time that I can't concentrate on that many things the later it gets. But there's fewer games. So do you think the NFL did that on purpose when they do their schedules? No, I think like it, it's East Coast stack all the one o'clock games. It's East then... Coast bias. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you are. Out at the bar, some ways that you can stay mindful about what it is that you are consuming when you're out and about is, um, you know, there can definitely be the risk when you're at the bars for increased alcohol consumption. Never heard of it. um, Because you're hanging out at the bar. There's usually a bar special. Oh, yeah. Pitchers that are involved. And then there's the celebratory shots that can come around (laughs) as well. If if your your team scores and you have people around you and everyone's happy and and cheering. So we want to be mindful of that, Um, not just from a calorie standpoint, but if you do feel that you have had a few more than you should have, call your local Uber Uber. or Lyft driver. Uber home. Take you home. And then you have to explain to your significant other why they have to drive you back to the bar in the morning to go pick up your car and hopefully not your credit card as well. Or just play it safe and Uber it both directions. Or Uber it both way if it works out conveniently for for you. Um, and then also when you're eating at, at the bars, definitely same tips I would give to anyone if they were going to the game itself. Um, just like I mentioned with the stadium is, you know, be mindful of how things are being prepared. Sharing is definitely caring. Um, adding those lean proteins and vegetables. And the other thing I might suggest to folks is maybe eat before you go to the bar. And then that way you go to the bar, you're a little bit more fill, satisfied, and then maybe you get a snack or something to share yeah. down the road. So you still get like a little bit of that football food, but you don't feel the need to have to like overdo it. If it's something you do on a regular basis, just be aware that like you are, you know, every week you're going to a bar or something like that to watch the game. So maybe you don't need to indulge unless that's the only day you're indulging or something like that. But like maybe you don't need to indulge every week. Right. You play it smart every other week or something like that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, keep that in mind. If Every Sunday, you know that you're going to go to the bar and that's your thing and you hang out with your friends. That's fine. Keeping in mind that maybe, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, if you're going to go out, what you're eating, what you're consuming, Sunday morning, you know, maybe filling up on the pork roll, egg and cheese and then going to the bar and having nachos and wings and burgers. That stuff can start to add up after a while. There's nothing wrong with indulging it 
every now and then, but if it is a weekly activity, then just playing it a little bit more smarter definitely will will go further in the end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, take advantage of the fact that you have a significant other with you if you do tend to go together to enjoy some of this together. Get some of those wings at neutral territory. The wings at neutral territory are pretty tasty. Yeah. And, you know, load up on vegetables just because you get a couple of carrot sticks and celery on the side of your wings doesn't necessarily always count as the vegetable. So try and get at least two palm sizes worth of vegetables in your meal. As she holds her hands up that you can't see. I am. That is that's habit of mine. Okay. Got to get your eat your veggies. Eat your vegetables at the sports bar. Or before you go. Or before you go. And then you don't have to worry about getting made fun of because you ate vegetables at because you had a salad while watching football people do it (laughs) people do it there's nothing wrong with it and don't care about what anyone else thinks that you're eating at the sports bar if you want a salad have a salad ladies no it doesn't have to be ladies (laughs) all right not gonna blow up your spot not at all let's all right, Taco, do you have any final words of wisdom for our, our football-loving fanatics out there or maybe the non-football-loving spouses? Well, I mean, for the non-football-loving ones, please be patient with your, uh, with your significant other. Who uh, It's not their fault. They have a sickness. Uh, fan is short for fanatic, and you can't be fanatic unless you do some extreme things. So, like, I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, hopefully, they're not as fanatical as I am. I hope not, too. That would be my words to them. To the football fans, have a great season. Enjoy rooting for your team. My Eagles are coming for you. I will spare you singing the fight song or the yes. Eagles chant. Yes. You all know how it goes. So I you've don't been need hearing to do it. it since February. It's been going on even before then. But uh, enjoy the games. All right. Sounds like some wise sage advice. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave you guys by saying, eat happy and healthy at the stadiums and enjoy your, your goodies where you want to and make some, make some smart choices and, and share, share and care where needed. All right, Taco, I think our work is done here. I think so. All right. So if you guys have any questions or comments about what we are chatting about here at the Nutrition Nuptials podcast, you can shoot us an email, podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. For more information, head on over to nutritionnuptials.com, where I include links to the show notes, some of these articles that we've talked about today. I also have recipes. So if you are looking for some healthy alternative recipes to put out at your next home gating event, feel free to check that out. And then also general tips for couples that maybe do or do not have anything to do with football, but keeping those lines of communication open when it comes to working with your significant other on your healthy lifestyle together. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can find me at Mandy Enright RD over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And if you'd like to follow all the Taco and Mandy shenanigans, including this year's football rivalry between the Giants and the Eagles, make sure to follow hashtag Adventures of Taco and Mandy, where we will post pictures from neutral territory mm-hmm. and people cheering us on at neutral territory (laughs) and people questioning why we are together and wearing a Giants jersey and an Eagles jersey. There might be some bro hugs. Neutral territory, some bro hugs, maybe some, you know, celebratory shots. Yeah. A little, a little of however, however things go down this season, you'll see it. That's how you can follow it all happening. And if you are enjoying the show, there are a couple of ways that you can support us. Number one, and the easiest thing you can do is head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you choose to listen to this podcast and just simply rate us. Just hit the little stars, hit all five of them, give them a little love. That way it helps other people to find the show. The other thing that is helpful is after you hit the little five stars. If you can just drop a quick review, we really appreciate the feedback hearing from our fans. And when you leave a review, it helps other people find the show. And that way we can help more couples be more sane during football season. Mm -hmm. And finally, you can become a Patreon supporter. And if you head on over to patreon.com slash nutrition nuptials, you can become a show supporter anywhere at the dollar, $5 or $10 level. There may even be a super exclusive package of which has nothing to do with nutrition nuptials, but it's all about football. 
And Taco can help you win your office fantasy football pool. That's right. Or fantasy football league or pickums or whatever it is. All of the above. We'll we'll do that. So if you want that, let us know. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. We'll set up a package just for you. And if you have no interest in fantasy football or football of any sort, but you do want to get a little bit extra support from the show or as far as working on your nutrition or fitness habits, when you become a Patreon supporter, you get certain access to different benefits, one of which includes the VIP After Party Facebook group where we keep this discussion going afterwards. So you can head on over once you become a uh, podcast VIP. You can head on over to our After Party Facebook group and maybe you can tell us how football plays a role in your relationship or doesn't. We'd love to hear what everyone else is going on. All right, babe. Well, we're all good now? I think we're all good. All right, let's get some football. Get some football going on. Well, join us next week where fellow registered dietitian Liz Weiss, who is host of Liz's Healthy Table podcast, is joining us along with her husband, Tim. And we had probably one of my favorite conversations so far with another couple. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a, it was a great double date episode. So make sure you guys tune in next week for another double date episode with Taco and Mandy. And in the meantime, thanks so much for saying I do to your happily, healthfully ever after. Adios, amigos. Adios.